Thanks for tuning in to Champagne and Planning. I'm Eliza, owner of Eliza Jane Events. We offer full and partial wedding planning services. And today we're joined by Shauna from SLZ Photography as we dive into all things weddings and wedding photography. Thanks for joining us and we hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers. Donna, thanks so much for coming on to Champagne and Planning, which today is coffee and planning, because <laughs> it is like 9 a.m. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat a little bit today about photography. Um, we've chatted with some planners, music side of things, but photography is a huge portion of weddings. So um, first, if you want to start by giving our listeners a little background of your business and what you do, and we'll there. All right, so I'm Shauna Sarowski. My business is SLV Photography. I've been shooting weddings for around four years, but I do a lot more than just weddings. I do seniors, boudoir, obviously all of my couple engagement sessions. So I've really loved the essence of weddings, of getting to meet my clients and get to know them and their families and capture such an important day for them. So it's just been really nice. I love weddings. I love that. You know, and I think sometimes people don't think about this, but photography, I'm sure you've had some couples that start with you maybe for a wedding mm-hmm. and then oh, it's yeah. maternity photos yeah. and then it's, you know, baby yeah. photos, you know, it's like yeah. all the fun stuff. So um, I'm sure it's pretty common. Yeah. To see. Yeah. That's, that's really nice. I love like, I have a couple couples that I've worked <laughs> with for their proposal and then their engagement and their wedding. And uh-huh. then like, obviously having babies and everything so that's super fun to like I love that building that connection I feel like it's a lot better to have a couple that I see all of their big moments I guess than just mm-hmm. having one couple or a couple that I don't get to see more than once so I really like that whole yeah progression things I feel like people don't realize that when they book you they're like giving you for life literally <laughs> I'm like you gotta see it for life for <laughs> you're you're joining the family <laughs> um no that's great so tell me a little bit about um some of the, the behind the scenes of, I guess, where does a couple start? So say, for example, they do not have a planner. They're looking to book photography. Sometimes couples do not know when they should start that process. I know for every photographer, it might be a little different, mm-hmm. but for you specifically, when do couples typically book? And when's the point that you would say you shouldn't wait until? Okay. So I usually book my couples a year and a half to two years out. And Usually without, when they don't have a planner, they start by inquiring through my website. A lot of my people find me through Instagram. So I feel like they usually end up coming from Instagram to my website. Um, And after that, we set up a console call and chat on the phone and go from there. But usually I would say a year out is like cutting it pretty close. Just to keep in mind, like a lot of people want to do their engagement session um, and send out their save the dates, like, I would say, like, nine months in advance around there. So. Love that. <laughs> you know what? When someone knows timelines. It's like, I'm just like, are you going to tell me I'm wrong? Because I don't <laughs> no, know. You know, with COVID, pre-COVID, it was, so, you know, people waited a little bit longer. Post-COVID, we are seeing longer timelines and anywhere from nine to 12 months. I have some couples now that want to send them before them. I think it's a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um Unless we're having a destination wedding, which has a slightly different timeline. I think right. we have people, you know, that need to get certain nice. things. Yeah. yeah. Then I would say maybe a little further out. I think it's awesome that you mentioned engagements. So many couples will book a photographer and then they do not see how it connects with 
engagements, save the dates. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes into all of this. Can you talk to me a little bit about the importance of an engagement session? Because I know some couples want to kind of not skip over it, but they may be like, oh, we don't need that. Like, don't see the value. Yes. Yes. I love engagement sessions because like I've already said, like, I think building that connection with a couple is super important. And I think even from a console call into their engagement session, like building that connection is really important to me just mm-hmm. because I feel like I, it helps me serve them better on the wedding day because it's kind of like a practice warm up for like their wedding. I think a lot of people get really nervous to do photos. So I think having that engagement session before gets them a little bit like warmed up and feel like they know what they're doing a little bit better. So that way, wedding day, the last thing they're thinking about is doing their photos and being nervous about it. So I really like it for building our connection. I think that a lot of my couples end up being kind of feeling like my friends and family. So I think the engagement session is obviously a pivotal part in that because it finally gets like me in person and get to know each other a little bit. They get to know my shooting style a little bit. Um, and I think they're just really beneficial to that planning process. I think that something you mentioned was, you know, getting to meet you in person. It's Mm -hmm. kind of funny if you think about it, but a lot of our couples maybe were doing Zoom meetings. Right. So if they don't do the engagement session, the first time they're maybe exactly, exactly. And that's along the same line of like, I don't think that a lot of people would want to feel like a stranger is coming into their like getting ready space. And it's kind of like more of a like private intimate moment before the ceremony. So I do think that having an engagement session allows it to feel like oh it's just another one of my friends like coming in and taking my photos getting dressed getting ready and all that stuff um and I think it makes it feel a little bit more like warm and friendly I guess than kind of like a standoffish like stranger coming into your space so I think it's really nice to have that and so many couples do have a situation where maybe one of them is uncomfortable yeah how do you how do you work around that? I, you know yeah. there's different I'm sure there's different tools and things that you use right. but you know, if I always say it's sometimes the guy, uh, not <laughs> guys, but always, but sometimes, <laughs> uh, where they're like, I hate having my photo taken. And sometimes maybe the other partner too is a little concerned about how that's going to impact right. those and they want to address right. that beforehand. So how do you make both people comfortable? Right. In I, I do think that there are different levels to that. I think a lot of people, I would say probably 90% of my couples are like, I'm very nervous. Like, I'm afraid we're going to be awkward in front of the camera. And then we get to their engagement session and they like look like they do this every day. <laughs> so they definitely think there are different levels to it. A lot of it, I feel like, is a mental thing. Even I think for myself being in front of the camera, I feel like I get so nervous about like, what are my hands doing? What's my face doing? And I think that I give them so much direction and like, prompts and different things to do that they're like so invested in like what they're supposed to be doing like with their partner and they kind of forget that I'm there right so I think that I like to like make it kind of feel like a little bit of a date night but also like keep them busy so that way their minds are occupied Um, and I do think that I because like connection is such an important part of photography I think that that allows me to kind of loose people up a little bit because I think that I like I really do value like having a good connection with them it's not like you just show up and I'm like okay do this like I we talk a lot during our session and get to know each other so I think that that's like a really big part to like just making them feel comfortable in general mm-hmm. um I do think that a lot of people are like obviously a lot of people do not have much experience in front of the camera regularly other than maybe like their senior pictures or maybe family photos a lot of my couples it's their first time being in front of the camera so I think that 
giving them a lot of instruction is helpful and kind of just like meeting them where they're at. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't really like PDA. And I'm like, I teach you to, it's okay. <laughs> um, so just kind of meeting them where they're at and kind of like starting with some easier basic things and kind of like easing them into doing a little bit more intimate things, I guess. So one thing I want to talk about, um, and I'm preparing for this one, but it's, you're going to do great with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> posing. Yeah. I have seen situations where a photographer is trying to pose a couple mm-hmm. and they're kind of maybe not so welcoming to the prompts, but I want to talk about those prompts in the moment, in the moment that may feel silly or may feel, you know, maybe a little unnatural. And then the products that you get, because I've also yeah. heard so many couples say, I didn't know why we were doing that. And yeah. they see the photos like, oh my goodness, that's so cute. Yeah. So just about like talking a little bit about trusting the photographer. Yeah, exactly. You know, talk to me a little bit about Yeah. That. I think there's definitely different levels to that as well. Right. Like I think there are people that even like Josh and I have gotten photos done before and they're like, whisper in a sexy voice like your favorite cereal. And yes. I'm like, I'm not going to be telling you that. I promise. <laughs> because I think it almost makes your face like more awkward. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think I do a lot of, yeah, literally like, oh my God, I just, I can't do it. I like get a little cringy when I hear people do that, but I mean, it it works for a lot of people. It's just not something that I'm super comfortable with. Um, but I do a lot of like very like close photos. Like I, it's hard to describe, I guess, without showing you a photo, but, um, sometimes I'll have people like smile with their, or like kiss with their teeth. It sounds really weird, but it's like a lot of my couples, like favorite photos is like really up close that they're just smiling and being really close. Um, so there's a lot of silly things that I feel like they do. I'll have them like walk and like trying to like pull it out all the way out and pull each other back in. Like there's a lot of different things that like feel really weird when you do it, but look really good. Photos. I love that. And definitely trust you, the, the experts, you know, I just yeah. sometimes feel like you know, this isn't the first rodeo for a lot of us, you know, so, um, just kind of having that trust in that person that you are. I agree. And I think that that is something like that. I, that I don't think people should take lightly when they're booking someone, because I do feel like there have been situations I've been put in where it feels like maybe they didn't do a ton of research on like, kind of like the different posing that you want. Like some people want very traditional posing, like looking at the camera and that's it. And I feel like I'm kind of like a mix of like doing some candid stuff and doing some post stuff. So I think that make make sure when you're looking for your photographer, you're looking at their their shooting style, not just their editing style. Because I think a lot of people like get to that situation where they're taking photos and they're like, oh, this is not what I like anticipated, I guess. Right. So one question for you with uh, clients coming in and some clients really do not have a great idea of what they want. Other Mm -hmm. clients know exactly what they want or some clients have a list of photos and places i want to talk about that for a minute i have an opinion on it i'm not sure what your opinion is uh because we're talking about trusting the person you hire right right so how do you feel and is it beneficial or is it detrimental for a couple to come in and say these are the 12 poses mm-hmm. that i want and they have i mean I, i've had couples that have had pictures of the yeah end. like it's like this I just want to see what your thoughts are from a yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like, I absolutely hate that. <laughs> and I feel like they're kind of like on the border. Like, I really think it depends because I think a lot of people do that because they're nervous. Yeah. And they're like, I just want to make sure that I get the photos that I want. And I think that a lot of people can't anticipate the photos that they're going to like 
And I think that having those, it gives me an idea of like kind of some of the photos that they want, Mm -hmm. but it also like, I'm not going to be like following it photo for photo. Like there are certain cases where I'm like, oh, let me see like your pictures for um, like some things like maternity. I feel like a lot of people have like very specific visions in mind of like Mm -hmm. what they want for that. I don't get it as much for wedding photos. Um, But I do like for engagement sessions. I remember I had an engagement session with their dog, and I'm like, I will take some. So if you have some things you want to do with your dog, like absolutely show them to me, like, and I'll keep them in mind. But I'm not going to be that person that's like following it photo for photo, right? But it doesn't really bother me as much because I feel like I understand where they're coming from with that. But I, I could see how it would be a little bit frustrating, yes, from a photographer's point of view. I think that you made a really good point, and that it might be a good starting point. Right. Like they have things to show them to you, but also having the ability to step back, trust your photographer mm-hmm. and say like, Hey, here are some things I've seen that I right. like, but knowing that they're not, if it was just, okay, we're going to do this pose, this pose, this pose. We're kind of losing the right. creativity. Exactly. Of the photographer. Exactly. Because you have so much right. valuable knowledge. I feel like we need to take advantage of that. Right. Um, and I think that's where it's like, it, there, there's a fine line with it. Like, I right. think that, like, showing me some things that you like, like, yes, I'll keep them in mind, but it's not like I'm going to have it up the whole time. Right. So I think I always look at it as, like, a starting point, and I don't necessarily look at it as a, this is what we're going to do type of thing. Just because I think that's why you, it's a lot of, it's challenging when a couple is not really open to like what you want to do as a photographer because you are hiring me for my style and I don't get to do that if there's like very um firm constraint constraints but I do think the Pinterest board helps for having some insight on what you'd like but not necessarily I think that's great now myself included I know that there are some people with some different insecurities Mm -hmm. For me, it's my arms. Okay, listen, I have toned arms, but like in a photo. Yeah. Every time I Everyone's see it, I'm like, arms like oh my gosh, you have like jumbo arms. <laughs> now you all know my insecurity. Um, But that's something for me that, especially when I'm taking photos, I'm very conscious of. Right. So maybe I'm wearing a long sleeve dress or, you know, something right. like that. I'm also always a thousand degrees. So it's really a great dilemma here. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you work with a client that has an insecurity, should they disclose that to you at what point? Mm-hmm. And how, how do you work around it? I think there's a lot of different ways to approach that. I've had couples or people that have, <laughs> I have clients who have told me that they're insecure about certain things and I definitely like keep it in mind while I'm posing. I think it really depends on what it is because I know, for example, like there's been clients that are insecure about their nose. Well, there's a lot of photos that I would take side profile that maybe I would try to do less of that if that's something that they wouldn't like. But I would encourage clients to keep in mind that like you're not going to like every single photo. Like there's just no way that I feel like you're going to like every single one. I hope that you do. Yeah. Um, So it's just kind of, I think disclosing it, it kind of depends on what it is. I think like we all have our insecurities that maybe we like, for example, I think a lot of people have like what they call a good side. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of times when you're taking photos, you're like, Oh, people don't like good side. But a lot of times I even think with myself, like when I see photos of myself, I'm like, Oh, I usually don't like that side, but Hey, maybe it looks good. in these. so I think kind of not making it limit what we do in our session, but maybe just keeping it in mind. And you can tell me that. And that way I can maybe keep it in mind when I'm calling. Sure. Um, so and being mindful of it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think it's everyone has something 
that they're insecure about. Yeah. So it's just kind of being mindful of it and wearing clothing that's flattering to you. I think a lot of people don't really think about their outfits and then they put their outfit on like an hour before and they're like, oh, like how this looks on me. Or I'm, yeah. not, I'm not comfortable in it. So I think having something that you'll be super comfortable in might help you feel more confident, even though you have some insecurities. And I know you did a engagement session for one of our couples, and mm-hmm. I think she sent you maybe some dress options or yeah. something beforehand. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, um, you know, just to kind of get get your input too, because you've seen a lot in right. terms of color coordinating or even right. style. Right. You know, so um, I think that's great. Let's transition a little bit over to back to the wedding side of things of the process. So we talked a little bit about that initial inquiry, um, that pre wedding consultation that you have. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Are we working through a timeline? Are we working through, you know, family photos? What's included in that? Yeah. And um, when does that happen? Are you talking about just like the consult call or are you talking about the timeline? I need to. Yeah, I guess. Well, so I guess kind of walk me through process from start to finish. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, what does the initial call look like? Is that mm-hmm. um, asking questions, you're going through packages. Right. And then what's that next meeting or, you know, okay. next contact? So I usually have, um, from my inquiry, I'll schedule a consult call with them. That's usually obviously a year and a half, a year out. And on that consult call, we just kind of go over like major details for the wedding. So I can get like a better idea of what to expect. Uh, we go over packages. I get to know you like, how did you meet? How did we engage? All that fun stuff. So I think the major part of that is trying to figure out what package is best for them and what they need. So I think once they give me a better idea of the wedding details in general, like how many people, are you traveling between your ceremony and your reception? Are they all in place? I think that just having to, (laughs) just having a better idea of travel time helps me kind of gauge how many hours they should need. So I do give them a recommendation on what I think for their package. And we kind of chat over like what they were thinking, uh, talk about some a la carte options. And then from there, after booking, we obviously do their engagement session. And then around eight to 10 weeks out, I'll send them a questionnaire, which will gather like all those final details about family photos, getting ready places, how many bridesmaids you have, like what are their relationships to you, all that like nitty gritty detail stuff. And then from there, we'll schedule a timeline call to just run through the photography timeline and kind of chat about like what those important moments are that they want captured and kind of just like, for example, like, do you want to do a first look with your bridesmaids? Do you want to do like some beers with your guys? Like things like that. Just going over some of the more like minute details that really pull the day together and make the photography or (laughs) and um help pull that photography timeline together. Um, I think just talking a little bit too about if they do it, I know we've been talking if they're on their own, right? If they're planning this, if they're going through this process alone, switching over to if they do have a planner, we always Mm -hmm. recommend that. (laughs) Um, But we do recognize that that's not the fit for every every couple. Um, And I think your process helps to, to really make sure the client gets to the right spot, even if they do not come in with a planner. Yeah. I know the process looks a little different if they do have a planner. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, from my standpoint, and we worked together recently for a client, um, every vendor is different. Mm-hmm. 
my planning process, I work off respecting the other vendor's process. Mm -hmm. I think some planners will say, this is my process, this is how we're doing things. Right. That's their way. That's okay. For me, I need to have, I have great relationships with all my vendors, Mm -hmm. but the way I do that is saying, hey, how can we best do this that still works for your process? Because I've had a lot of clients, um, you know, even some clients that say, Eliza, I want you to handle all communication. Now for full service, that's a thing, right? I do. I handle all communication, but I don't want to take away from you getting to meet the couple, mm-hmm. you getting to ask them, how did you meet? Right. If you don't get that moment, walking into wedding days can be very different. Right. I had a florist that, you know, we kind of just worked out the, the quote behind the scenes and she was like, Liza, I really want to get on it and like meet the couple. And, you know, and that was the beginning of us working with mm-hmm. the vendors. But now I really start, if I'm working with a new vendor, I start by saying, walk me through your process and how we can best intertwine these. And then I don't think it's just in any conversation, right? Mm-hmm. I think you do a wedding together like we did right. recently. And we even talked about it. Right. Times. So like, hey, we do that a little different. Right. Right. You know, um, so I guess, what do you need when working with a planner? And I know it will vary whether it's full service or right. partial. Right. But you know, what things do you need? And, and do you like working with planners? And you Yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Don't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't have like too many weddings where I've worked with planners. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of coordinators, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think more of my couples recently have been working with planners. Mm-hmm. And it's been overall pretty nice. I think one thing that... I've noticed is that I feel like a lot of the couples don't necessarily take a backseat. Like I think it's kind of like the planner likes to be involved and the couple likes to be involved. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that gets a little confusing from on my end because I'm like, I'm not working with the planner. You're working with the planner. Right. Well, obviously I'm collaborating with the planner, I feel like, but I think having both of them come at me with different things is like, okay, who should mm-hmm. I be talking to? So I think kind of having a better like, obviously, I've never had any mm-hmm. problems with but our, You can tell them the truth. Yeah, no. Our <laughs> recent client, we had, it, it was very smooth. And I think that having, kind of just knowing who my point, I think for me, as a photographer, knowing who my point of communication is, yeah. and kind of what to expect is, cause, because obviously, like, working with different vendors is different for everyone. So I think, like, working with different vendors, they have different ways of doing things, too. So let's hit the planners for a second. This is something that we're working on behind the scenes with our HoneyBook girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the clients right now are like, what is that? Um, but for vendors for a second, um, one thing that we're developing is a kind of like a welcome email to the vendors mm-hmm. explaining what our level of communication is. Mm-hmm. I think this is really helpful because one, like you said, it's like, who should I be talking to? Right. Right. The other thing is, it is different. We had a partial client together recently. Mm-hmm. So that was different. A full service client, like those are two very different things. And even my vendors that I've been working with for a long time, sometimes they're like, Eliza, do I email you for all of this with mm-hmm. this client or are they involved? You know? Yeah. So I'm making a welcome email for partial that says, hey, just so you know, um, I'm behind the scenes here. I'll be helping to guide the couple along until we get closer to the wedding. About the one month point, I'm going to be reaching out to you with our final planning doc to mm-hmm. confirm final timelines and things like that. Um, but up until that point, your contact should be the couple. Right. I don't need to be co- copied in on emails. Because sometimes, too, I have couples that will just copy me in on emails. That's a lot of emails, mm-hmm. especially for when it's both full and partial. Yeah. You know? 
Um, so I always say like establishing those expectations up right. front. And then for full service, you know, hey, we are the point of contact. So you really shouldn't contact the couple on the side mm-hmm. because, or at least copy it. Copy it. And, you, yeah. and you know, like, especially with vendor, if any vendors using HoneyBook, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you want to add in as a client or a collaborator right. and what we can see. But um, if there's communication, even for us, happening in a direct email over here right. with your vendor, and then day of, I get to it, and there's something I don't know about right. that wasn't on that email. Right. That's not ideal for right. service. So I think it really varies, but I love what you said of maybe just from the vendor side. If you do not have something that kind of establishes right. what your process is, um, and not for nothing, but don't steamroll other vendors. For example, right. don't come in and say, hey, Shauna, this is how I do things. Right. Like, I want to know. Right. I, I want to know what you need from me. Right. Because we both have a process. And I think that neither of us should have to, like, compromise our process in order to get like our job done right because i do think that obviously the couple's hiring both of us for service and like we don't want to prevent each other from doing that right and so i think i and also i was thinking that a lot of vendors probably don't know whether they've hired you for full or partial and it's not really our business but it is like something we should know because if i didn't know that you were a full service planner i wouldn't know to copy you and on everything right right so i think it is really nice that you would come that out so i think a lot of vendors would benefit from that. Yeah, that was something recently that my husband brought was like, we should do this. And I was like, I don't know why I have been I know, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you learn, yeah. you know, and we always want to make that a little easier. Um, let's talk a little bit about vendor relationships. So obviously that's a huge portion of it. Um, also translating over to day of, mm-hmm. we're not always working with vendors. We know, mm-hmm. um, especially from your side of things, right. you we know a lot of people in the industry, but there's also a very saturated market here. Right. There's right. 8 million of other things. Right. So um, how is it when you work with another vendor that maybe you do not know? You probably work with some videographers mm-hmm. too. So I guess let's start there. What do you need when we're, because you guys are both working in the same space. You're right. both standing in the yeah, exact same, same spot space. and needing the same. Yeah. So yeah. how do you work with that when it's a new relationship? I feel like I always kind of just start by introducing myself, kind of talking about like different points of the day, like, how do you do this? And then kind of, I think we come up with a game plan together. There are a lot of people who are kind of videographers specifically that stay kind of back and they kind of just follow whatever I do. And I'm like, that's great. Come on, let's go. And then there's some videographers who do need a little bit more like front and center time. So we kind of like work on that together to like make sure we're both getting the shots that we need. Videographers are honestly usually pretty, typically pretty easy for me to work with because I think we both understand like what the other person needs versus like maybe some vendors like a DJ, like I don't know what they need from me and they don't really know what I need. So I think those vendors are a little bit harder to connect with, especially because we don't get to connect until the reception and like five minutes before everything starts. Um, so I think it just kind of depends. I always like try to introduce myself to new vendors. I'm like always looking to make friends, I guess. So yeah. All I can think about when you were talking about the DJ is, um, I, I can't remember if it was a time that I was talking to with you or, or something, but the DJ made, an, this was like starting off. Yeah. The DJ made an announcement for a group photo on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't tell whoever the photographer, I yeah. can't remember the time, but doesn't tell the photographer. I think it was. It's, it was a solid 57 people. Yes. And 
I'm pretty sure, like, you may have had, like, a Zoom lens, but probably... Like, yeah, like, not the proper <laughs> lens for what it was. Right, so talk me through that importance, right? Like, that's a perfect example yeah, yes. of a DJ not understanding yeah. your process, just making a call. Right, Two people without... members are collaborating. Right. They're not communicating, and now you have 57 people on a dance floor, and you're trying to find the chair to right. sit on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of funny because there are a couple different things that I can think of, specifically with DJs, that they'll just do something, and I'm like, you, you didn't right. ask me about that. Right. Like, for example, we were substituting a different time together, like, you were at one of my weddings, that yeah. it was, like, the darkest room ever and it was so crowded and the cake is like in the corner next to a huge like group of people who are eating dinner and then I'm going to do the cake cutting with a couple I have no room to back up and the guy's like oh if you want to grab your iPhone and come take a photo of the cake cutting I'm like literally read the room there's no room over here don't get all these people come right so I think it's it definitely hasn't ever been anything that I like couldn't do but it's more of like it would have been nice and if I could have prepared better for this right if you would have told me that in advance yeah I think that you know we'll talk a little bit as we go on about like un, unforeseen circumstances yeah. right and, and you're always gonna we're always gonna adapt right here's the thing if we especially when these are vendors that you may work with again I think it's really important to try to have really good communication and collaboration right. because even from the planner standpoint, I'm thinking of a few things when you're talking about the cake. <laughs> I'm thinking about one, the venue. Right. I have some venues I do that maybe a little bit more old school or like the cake goes here. Yeah. And we can't move the cake. It's like, it's like for some reason that table is yeah, like, like bolted <laughs> yeah. to the ground, yeah. which is not a thing. But, uh, you know, like, one, having open communication with the venue of like, hey, you know, we're actually going to do it over here for lighting um, mm -hmm. or for this or whatever that reason right. is. Two, having that communication with the planner. We're making these four plans of a decent amount of time. And we're making an initial one in the first couple of months of right. planning and then a final one closer too. So that's great if we have that understanding. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, I have a photography background. So I think about those things, right. but I'm thinking about all the planners that don't. Right. And they're just putting the cake table wherever. Exactly. We were at, um, actually what you shot recently where it was like, we were trying to decide where the cake was mm -hmm. and then you might want to put it in this spot. There's a, there's an exit sign behind there's yeah. a fire extinguisher yeah. and a door that catering is using. Right. That's not ideal. No. That's not where we want to be. We want to be on the clear wall. We want to, and I know a lot of times when you shoot too, you're maybe coming from the other direction right? and shooting that way. So um, I think there's, it's just a perfect point of like why we need to collaborate. Right. And same thing with that photo with all the people. People don't understand our process. You know that you need a wide lens on right. that. The client and the DJ is not thinking, oh, they're not going to be able to get this because they have a 50 eye right, and exactly. or this close. Yeah. That's not going to work. Right. So um, I actually, going back to two of those pre-wedding consultations or like that mm -hmm. meeting before, all those questions that maybe people think, oh, I don't need to fill out this questionnaire or right. I don't need to give her that information. Right. We do need to know if you're getting ready in a 10 by 10 uh hotel room yeah I'm gonna bring my wife like right. you know like right there's gonna it's gonna impact your day so there's so much thought that goes behind this process um right. so I just think that's that's really important I want to touch on the negative of the relationship mm -hmm. um this is something that I am I've struggled with recently mm -hmm. I think there's so many relationships like us mm -hmm. and 
other vendors I have such good relationships with. Every once in a while, <laughs> you get a vendor that is not as welcoming, as not right. as friendly. I don't want to sit here and bash them, but what impact does it have on that? I think it has like a lot of impact. Like, there's a lot of things that maybe like when there is some tension there, it's hard to like obviously collaborate at all, let alone like get things done that need to be done because we all have a job to do. So I think being able to work together obviously makes the day go a lot smoother. So if you can't, I think that makes it a lot more difficult. I think you mentioned something before of we should each be able to do our process right. and do that well. I think ultimately if we can't have a good interaction, the couple is the one that they do suffer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, just for all the vendors out there, I think going into a wedding day, even if maybe you have nerves about it's a vendor you haven't worked with before, just being open to just kindness. I'm right. I'm like, just kindness that, yeah. that works right yeah the blanket for things yeah um but if we just start there right and we start with a little bit more open mind mm-hmm. um i think it can really help you know recently we launched uh, north carolina mm-hmm. and so interesting when we were down on our visit to scout that out um the one venue that we were working with said you know we actually after our first wedding together we will have a meeting with you and we'll do a debrief of what worked well and how we can better work together in the future. And I'm over here like, well, that's in 2027. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. How, how are we not doing those things? But that was so cool to me. Right. I'm not saying we have to do those things here. But I think even you and I, after our last wedding, we're like, all right, that was so great. Right. Here are a few minor tweaks we can make for right. next time. It's amazing. Right. You know? Right. Um. So maybe being open to those conversations right. too. I agree. And I even think that there's some things that, like, for example, like when you say with tension with vendors, I think there is a certain way you can approach that, like mm-hmm. similar to how you just said, like, this is really great, but maybe for next time you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like not really like kind of um, re- like focusing on something that can't be changed now because it already happened and maybe just focusing on the future of like, mm-hmm. this is what we could do to make it better for the couple next time. I think to maybe explain the process in that mm-hmm. recently, um, I, <laughs> my team is great. I love my team. Shauna was trying to take some detail shots in the space and my team's like putting out desserts. It's just like everybody out of this. Room. Yeah. Like, like, I, 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 yeah. Please leave. Well, it was like, we had to do photos of the room at a certain time right. and everybody was like getting close to being ready. And I was like, okay, I'll just wait a few more minutes, yeah. wait a few more minutes, let everyone keep going. And then eventually like one of the other vendors finished what they had to do. And then it was like, okay, fine. I have the room myself. Then like guests are coming in. I'm like, you guys have to get out for like five yeah. minutes. So then the, the guests leave. I like get in my corner, do my stuff. And your team comes in and start. I'm like, you need to get out for five minutes. Like, I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And obviously like, because we all know each other, I'm like, yeah. obviously yelling at them to get out, but it's right. a joking way. Yeah. But I was like, it's so hard when like, especially photos of the room like there really isn't much other opportunity to do that so I'm like I literally need like five minutes with nothing in the background of all these photos and then I will leave you alone (laughs) and you know I think that that's where maybe that collaboration comes in um too with the timeline I know we have we're making a few tweaks in that because I've had this recently too where I said or I had on the timeline photo ready by two Mm o'clock but maybe I didn't emphasize that and I had a venue recently that is still, we're still like setting tables at two o'clock. So everything for us is done with decor, right. but we're still setting tables. That's not photo ready right now. So 
I think that, and I think that was a failure on our part. I think that was where like we needed to like have that we have it in there and expect people to read it. Right. But okay. I think we need to emphasize right. and have that conversation. Like, just so you know, that means the photographer be photo will be too. in here from two to two thirty, And that's the time that they need right. to get the shots. Right. right. Um, we're seeing a lot more couples. I don't know if you're saying this, that want to get photos in their space. Oh, wow. Like maybe they want to get in there. They spent all that money. They right. have a great hanging floral installation. Right. right. And um, they want to get some photos in there. There's cool lounge furniture. Like sometimes those can be really cool backdrops mm-hmm. for those things. So they do not want, they love the catering staff. They don't want you in the back. Exactly. Yes. We <laughs> love you. They don't want polishing glasses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think from a photographer standpoint, like I think a lot of that decor stuff, like obviously I totally understand that we want to get photos of that, but I do think that it is kind of like a really fine line of like when I have time to do that. Because after like right. the ceremony starts, like it's family photos, it's bride party photos, it's doing photos of a couple, like I really don't have any other time to do it. So for me, it's like if it's not photo ready, like at that time, it is really hard for me to get like completed, ready photos of the reception space for that. Yeah, I think another thing too that I was just saying about when we're talking about vendors, um, <laughs> and I laugh because you and I obviously are close, so we can have these moments. But I think for someone maybe a planner that you don't know or a photographer that I wouldn't know, um, recently I gave Shauna a timeline. And she was like, Eliza, you gave me 15 minutes. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> I literally was like, do you know that I have 20 combinations on here? And I say two minutes of combinations, so that's 40 minutes, not 15. And so I, I do think that, you know, we were talking about this recently on another episode of the podcast about kind of staying in your lane yeah, and in a really nice way, but basically I'm not a florist, right? I am not the expert on what's in season. I am also no longer a photographer. You know, (laughs) I may have a little bit more background in some, but I need to come back over to you. And we did. We looked at that timeline and we're like, all right, how much time do you need? Every photographer is different, Mm -hmm. I realized too. So I think that conversation is actually really important Mm -hmm. because I may give one, like for me, a first look is is a pretty short Mm -hmm. thing in the grand scheme of it all. Um, But I have some photographers that want a longer first look. And so having those conversations to make sure you're not pressing the vendors that are doing these things because you've built a timeline that works for you, but you're not the one that's actually executing that in Mm -hmm. terms of photography. So, um, with those, that vendor relationship stuff, I think that's really, really important. I think it would be really nice if, because I've talked about this with a videographer before that we're working together again. And I think that if we could have like a big collaborative timeline meeting, although it would be nearly impossible to get everyone on the same schedule, like just so that way it could be like, okay, I need this amount of time for family photos. And you might be like, well, I need this amount of time for X, Y, Z. Like, I think just being able to collaborate on that and figure out like, okay, this is what you need. This is what you need. How can we best make sure that all of us get what we need and how much time that we need? I love that. That's definitely something. That I would love to. Actually, one of our venues has like a final meeting and all the vendors come. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite spaces. It's very nice. Because we, like you said, we work out the kinks before day of. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think that when we show up day of and we say, okay, this is happening. Or, you know, you get kind of like, oh, well, that's not what I was expecting. You know, right. so if vendors aren't prepared for those things, right. I think that's huge. Um and actually, a little shout out to Rich from Encore. He mentioned on our podcast, he's like, people don't recognize, like, although they're in charge of music, right? He was like, 
you know, if we don't do the dance with grandma early on, she might be too fatigued. Right. Right. And so he recognizes, and I, and I think they do a great job of that, but the importance of timeline. Right. To where we want to make sure we can party. We want to make sure that the aggregate, you know, and the DJ gets whatever they need to. Right. But though there is other thoughts that go into it, mm-hmm. you know, um, sparkler send-offs are a big one. Big one, yeah. And you I know. think a lot of DJs are like mad at me when I'm doing a spark. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't control. Like, we have to do it before I leave. But say, like, the DJs, like, you're taking all my people off the dance floor, and then right. I have to get them all back in. Right. And I think so many times we're not doing them at the very end anymore because right. one, there's 20 people left. And right. two, the photographers no longer here. We're not no. staying till 1130. And we stuff. don't need super drunk people with fire. We just don't need that. And I've never understood that. Like, who is like, okay, everybody's drunk, give them a spark. Button. Yeah, it's horrible. This well, is, I've this only is done fun. like one really at the end, end of the night, and it was. A very poor experience. So now I'm like, absolutely not. Because it is like a liability for the venue, for me, for, you know, you don't want anyone to get hurt. So I think obviously doing those a little bit earlier. We're having a lot of venues. Again, going, if you haven't caught on yet, the vendors need to collaborate. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and turn the podcast off. Uh, (laughs) But Sparkler Send Off, a lot of my venues, we need to be in a certain spot. We have to be 25 feet. We have to be a certain number. Right. I even recently I was um working with Rachel from yeah. Love Wakes and she's great and she was like Liza there's a giant spotlight on the lawn that's not ideal for like okay no. we've got sparklers and we've got just a the spotlight yeah. like, <laughs> we don't need that so that took some collaboration between her and I to make sure that I could talk to the facilities team at the venue and get that off which took probably about fifteen minutes so right. those are all things that are like. Things that if we were working together, it went smoothly, and, and you know we we had to make sure that um, that we had those things ready to go. So uh, vendor collaboration definitely is going to help for the couple, um, right. for the photos, just for the overall experience there. Um, we talked a little bit about some of those, you know, room shots. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the styling of the day. I have a big styling process, right? that I love and um, we go on and we talk about the whole design of the day. Then we get to wedding day and there's certain things that may be really important for um, the couple that we capture. Mm-hmm. For example, one of our clients recently um, loved the mirrors mm-hmm. that she had, wanted to incorporate those in. So again, you know, I'm guessing that's maybe in that final meeting or right. that questionnaire, but I think you even have a question in your questionnaire. I do, yeah. Talking about, about that. that. Yeah, I have a lot of questions in my questionnaire, and I think sometimes couples get a little bit overwhelmed with it, but I do think that it's, like, really beneficial for me and for their wedding gallery to fill it out because I do think, for example, the mirrors are something that she really wanted to have captured. And I think noting that and telling me that is obviously really important because obviously I would still maybe take a photo of it, but she wanted people like interacting with the mirrors. And then I really paid attention to making sure that I got photos of people in the mirrors instead of just taking a classic photo of it, like where it is. Right. So I think having that question in there, I think it's worded like, is there anything out of the ordinary or any important decor that you want me to catch, like take photos of? And then they can note like different photos that they want in there. And I think that's important because although it pains me a little bit, some couples are not big on getting decor photos. Mm-hmm. You just broke in my heart. Excuse me while I go cry. But 
I understand that each couple has something that's important to mm-hmm. them. Some, it's those sunset photos right. that are top. Others, it is the space and the design right. they love. They get so much time to work too. Uh, so I think, you know, we're not mind readers. Every couple is different. Right. Having those questionnaires um, and filling those out in a timely manner for your vendor from a couple standpoint. I get this. I'm sure you get this. Where couples sometimes will not fill out our questionnaire, mm-hmm. do not see the point of it. Like mm-hmm. you said, we have not blindly created this process. Right. We've changed our process over time. We've put a lot of time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. Some of us have paid for HoneyBook services. Right. Like to make sure that things that we did before were constantly improving. Out. Right. So just for any of our couples that are listening in, um, and if you ever need an extension or anything, I mean, note that. You know, like right. I have a couple of Eliza, it was an insane week. It, it, is it possible to get a few days on this? That's always something to do right about. But, you know, one, communicating with me and respecting the process of your vendors because we do put a lot of time um, and effort into those questionnaires and our right. process. So uh, please do not just skip over that. Yeah. Because yeah. that's going to impact your photos. Oh, for sure. And honestly, I think that especially with like the timeline meeting, like if I don't have a timeline meeting, it's very hard for me to show up and do what I need to do because I don't know what's happening. So the questionnaire and the timeline meeting is definitely one of the most important pieces in my whole process, I think. And just spending the time to make sure that we execute properly. I really need to have all that information. And how many weddings do you show up to? I mean, maybe not anymore, maybe in the beginning where all of a sudden they're like, oh, all the groomsmen have personalized gifts and we want to get photos of each of them. Yeah. That's going to take some time. Oh, for sure. You know, there's something unexpected like that where even a first look with bridesmaids, something that wasn't in the original that you didn't know about. Right. And maybe they didn't answer, you know, or whatever. Right. And then you're kind of shocked by it. It pushes you back. Oh yeah. And anything like that, a first look, any first look with your dad, bridesmaids, like that's another like 15 minutes with each of those right so it's like anticipating that is major because having a 15 minutes back can set us 15 minutes back everywhere right and, and then they want to start a ceremony at yeah. the time okay yeah you know yeah um one thing that you know with that having room for unexpected mm-hmm. i know you've experienced we've all wedding vendors know that there is going to be something in the day right. they're like well, that didn't go how, how it was yeah these are oftentimes out of our control. It could be raining. It could be sick. It could be, you know, there's just so many different reasons. What unexpected have you had? Um, and how can it impact the time? Like, how do you work around those things? Yeah. I guess the rain thing. Yeah, I was going to say rain is usually one of the most common things that I have to deal with. Rain honestly doesn't scare me too much anymore. Right. I think that ha- I'm really good with my flash that I'm like, we have to do this as we can. And I think if, it's really nice. Like I had one bride that it rained like almost her entire wedding day. And she was like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to get my dress wet. It's not a big deal. It is what it is. Like, this is what it was like meant to be. And they say rain did like on your wedding. So, um, she was very open to like doing all her photos outside. And I have some clear umbrellas we can use, like if we need to use them for outside. And honestly, they're really cute. They're like a really cute, aesthetically pleasing like thing with rain. I think it makes it really romantic. So I think it just kind of depends with the couple. Like, obviously, I'm not really involved with the, like, menu rain plan. But I think just being able to – I'm glad that I feel comfortable that I'm, I can adapt to, like, whatever situation yeah. in that case. 
Um, some other things that I had to deal with, I've had, for example, like one of my bride's moms was really sick the morning of, and she couldn't even come to the wedding. Um, so kind of adjusting that family timeline. Um, and actually she reached out to me and was wondering if she could put her dress back on and take photos of her mom. And I'm like, absolutely, we can do that. Right. So there's different ways that we can adjust things in time of emergency. I know one of my brides was really sick the morning of her wedding. So she ended up being like the last one to get ready for everything. So I just kind of switched my timeline around a little bit to make sure I get maybe the detail shots while I would have been doing her getting ready and maybe do his getting ready first and then come back and do her. So there's just some things that we can tweak when there is a case that we need to move the timeline around a little bit. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's something where it's so hard to, and I, I found this recently, sometimes those moments from a logistical standpoint, like you said, you know how to use a flash. Like those things are maybe a not a simple fix, but we're we're ready. We're right. prepared. I think sometimes too, and I'm sure you found this, sometimes we have to kind of switch from being the professional planner, the professional photographer to an ear right. to listen. And right. it's like not having a mom there, you know, yeah, like there's sometimes there's like some really high emotions. Right. And our job switches pretty quickly. So yeah. Like, now that role has changed. Exactly. You know, and I always say, like, here's friend Eliza. Friend right. Eliza's here. Yeah. And, like, this is the advice here, right. you know. Um, and I think that's just another thing about being, like, having that connection with your clients. Like, there's just so many things that are unexpected throughout your whole planning process, throughout your wedding day, and just having another person there that's kind of unbiased to all of your family drama, for example. Right. Um, or just being able to, like, pay attention to, like, what your client needs. Like, I think having a better understanding of them as a person is makes me more able to serve them in ways maybe they didn't expect. Like, for example, I think of one of my brides is like very, I would say she's, she doesn't like getting her photo taken and let alone by me, which I feel like we're, we're very close now, but there was a random girl that like her mom invited a random woman that her mom invited and this woman's like going up to him, like taking photos on her phone. And you could tell Love like, that family member. You, you can tell that my bride was like very uncomfortable with this. And I saw this happening and I was like, can I, can I steal you into the bar or something? She was like, thank you so much. And it's like, just being able to like, know that like, that's something that she's not comfortable with. Like, let me take you. And whether I'm just going to take you to tell you, look how beautiful that tree is. Like just being able to like read your clients and help them when they need it. Not necessarily just with photos. Or planning. I think just having that moment when if they're in a time of stress that you can recognize that and be able to just, like you said, let's friend alive, let's friend Chana, like I'm here to help you like vent if you need. And I think, yeah, I think that comfortability is huge. I always, I joke with my clients, it's a little lighter than, I have those moments. I have those moments where I have to, we have to take a walk. We have to, there's family tension or something. Um, I also just joke with them and say, just so you know, during getting ready photos, typically I'm that first one helping you get into that dress and you are booty naked. Okay. <laughs> so like be aware that like we have to be close. Right. I also I'm always probably gonna be doing your bustle. So right. I have to get up and uh, yeah. yeah. So if we're not on that level, yeah. <laughs> we need to get there. That's gonna be a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I think I think that's really important. Um now jumping over to some things that are helpful for you to have, mm-hmm. I always encourage my clients to Start your shoebox is what I say. Yeah. <laughs> at the, you know, three month meeting, I'm like, start putting things together. Because you'd be surprised at how many couples I have that like, I don't know, I think we threw the save the date out. Well, we should probably get <laughs> a copy of it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, those special details, what should client, and I know you have this in your questionnaire, which I love. You yeah. have a, a whole thing of, that's why you should also do the questionnaire. <laughs> I'm like promoting this for you. Yeah. Um, Shauna has a whole list of things that you should include in that box. What are, you don't have to give us your whole key, but yeah. there are a few things that are great. So some things are like logistically, I think most people don't think about is having all three rings in the same place because Ooh. I only do like a flat lay really once with all of the brides getting ready stuff typically. So having all three rings together, having a copy of your invite, even like an envelope that you're putting it in and stamps, things like that, that you're including with your invites. Um, any jewelry you're going to wear, if you have perfume, if you have a lip gloss that you're wearing, your shoes, Another logistical thing is having your bouquet delivered to your getting ready space because I think you obviously get a lot of photos of your flowers, but I think incorporating them into your flat lay is like just a really beautiful touch and brings a lot of color to it. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely having your bouquet there if you can. I bring a lot of stuff with me. So a lot of my brides have been giving me their like buying a ring box for their rings this year. And I'm like, wow, this is really nice. Right. I usually just have, I just have a couple different styles of ring boxes with a couple different colors. And then I have a bunch of different colors of ribbons. So I bring a lot of like styling stuff on top of all the things that they give me. But those are kind of the basics of what I say. If you have any like family heirlooms, you can include those. Anything they give me, I just try to include it into a flat light. And I really love doing the flat lights. I think it's just nice to like get some good yeah. photos of all their details. You have some beautiful flat lights. Yeah. I love posting flat lights. And then I'm like, I could probably post the tablescape yeah. on my Instagram, you know, because I'm like, oh, post a four flat lights. Yeah. Um, little shout out. I mean, you were at this wedding with me. Uh, I did a wedding for a very close, uh, one of my best friends, Haley. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, and she, she, we both had a laugh at this moment. But I took all those flat lay photos and she was like, oh, those are the wrong earrings. Because there was two <laughs> earrings in the box. Yeah. So a little tip from me, okay? <laughs> do not put two earrings in the box. Or if you do, mark the ones you're going to wear. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes you open up those, you open up like a bag that the bride right. has packed, right? And it's like nine sets of jewelry. And you're like, well, which one yeah. should we use? Yeah. And you can ask, but... It would just make it easier on day because we don't like to bug, you know, right. try to bug you. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on. Uh, so just try to, you know, really only put the things in there that right. are important to you. We retook those flatways, every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're both like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, like, some of that stuff, when they give me duplicates, sometimes I'll just take photos with both. Yeah. And be like, okay, yep. both earrings are in there. So whatever pair you wear, we'll switch them out. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's important that you said that, um, the rings all in the same spot. I also think, especially you've seen this probably for videography, um, you know, this is why collaboration is important for not only photographers and videographers, but for everybody. Having vows, sometimes if you're reading vows privately, mm -hmm. the vows have to be switched. Right. Like the bride's vows have to be, you know, like right. depending on if it's a letter or a wrapper. Right. So just making sure, I mean, those are all things you can talk through logistically. And that's right. where I think it comes into, are you doing a first look? Are you doing a first touch? Are you reading letters? You right. Know? Um, because there is a lot of logistics behind the scenes. Now with that, obviously planner, no planner, what falls under the scope of what you do? I mean, sometimes like, I think when there's not a planner, 
you may get more thrown at you. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, but what things should people maybe assign to a family member, a maid of honor? I get asked all the time. And we have a list um, of maid of honor and um, groomsman duties, or mm-hmm. sorry, maid of honor and best man duties. Um, so we can definitely share that. That actually be a little freebie with this one. So if you would like that, um, feel free to reach out to us and I can give you that free download. Um, but what are some things that maybe should fall on that? Right. Versus falling. Not that, right. not that we don't step in in a moment's notice. Right. But what are some things that maybe yes. fall under this? I have this happen to me a lot where mm-hmm. I ask for obviously all three rings in the same place. And then they're like, oh, can you take this ring to so-and-so at the other getting ready space? And I'm like, I do not want that responsibility on me. That's right. why we have the maid of honor, best man. Um, a lot of people will just give me things to take like to the venue or take right. to another getting ready space. And I'm like, Ugh. Like, obviously, I'm going there, but I would just hate for, like, it to get misplaced. Because I have a lot of stuff that I bring with me everywhere. So, like, it is hard for me to have one more thing to, like, especially something so important. Right. Um, so, I would definitely try to put that responsibility on one of your bridesmaids or groomsmen before asking yeah. you to do it. Which, obviously, I will do it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that I'm, like, it's just nerve-wracking for me to have to carry around right. those important. I think the other thing is too, again, if you have a planner, we can obviously help with those right. things. We'll make sure those details are in the right spot. Right. Usually I'll go and get the flower. I, right. I think people don't think about that. Yeah. Transporting flowers. Yeah. And then you've got all these girls in dresses with all right. their duffel bags heading right. to a different location. Right. By the way, you have to take your flowers. Okay. I mean, those are things that we can work through in the planning process um, because we can't take all those bouquets and stuff, right. you know, to the right spot. Um and I even had, when I was first starting off, um, I had a client where this is when we were doing more day of coordination. We don't mm-hmm. really do that now. Um, but I remember they had to run back because one of the girls forgot the bouquet. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, things like that, where I, I think it is important to have a planner and to have those aspects managed, but if not utilizing your bridal party, mm-hmm. you know, I always like to say too. I'm writing a book, but bridal parties, uh, love ya. You are not just there to uh, drink and eat a meal. That comes with the benefits, okay? Yeah. But there's a few things that you should probably help with because um, you're there to make the job easier and in the day easier. For- yeah. I also think that those are a lot of things, like you said, that because the wedding we worked recently, you came and got all the flowers. And that's just like one of those things that I think Without a planner, you wouldn't anticipate. Like, you could never anticipate, like, oh, I also need to remember to bring this. I need to bring this. Where did this go? For example, like, you grabbed her marriage license, I think, too. Just a lot of things that, like, may get, like, left behind in, like, the chaos of getting over to the venue that I think it's really nice to have a planner who, like, has done this a million times and knows that what you need to look for. Well, thanks. You heard it from Shauna, okay? Lies the Jane events. No, just kidding. Um, all right, we're getting closer to the end here, but I want to switch back over. We're talking a lot now for clients. Um, but for our vendors, I'd like to talk a little bit about technology behind the scenes. Um, there's so much that goes into our process um, and so many platforms that we are so passionate. Yes. You know, HoneyBook is a mutual one for yes. us. Um, how does HoneyBook make your job easier? Streamline your process? What do you like about it? I don't even think I did learn about HoneyBook, right? <laughs> I had someone recommend to me when I first started that you should get HoneyBook when you have two clients a month. And I was like, two clients a month? I can handle that. I do not need this whole system. Mm-hmm. And luckily, I listened to her. And I feel like it has helped me, especially from the beginning, 
just get into systemizing, systematizing. I, I think, think I was going to write that first. Yeah. I'm, oh my gosh. <laughs> Creating a system. <laughs> Creating a system for your business because I think consistency is key. Yeah. And I think building a process is really great. Like I think just winging it isn't going to help you yeah. like get to success because I think a lot of clients, like especially client referrals, they are referring you to someone else because they liked how you did it the first time. So I think having HoneyBook really has helped me create a system for my business of like, this is what I do from inquiry to raving review, you know? Yeah. Um, just making sure that every base is covered. And like you said, like constantly, I'm constantly fixing it to make it better or make it easier. So I think having HoneyBook has really helped me like streamline emails, make sure that everyone is getting taken care of getting those questionnaires and making like it I think Honeybook really helps to make it so you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you have a new client. Yeah. I think that one thing I found when you're starting off, right, mm-hmm. and you have a handful of clients, it's one thing. You know, it might be manageable. As you grow, it is harder, especially when there's other things you want to be doing, engagement sessions, mm-hmm. like you edit editing. There's other things that really do take your time and you need to be able to focus on those things, mm-hmm. those meetings with clients. Like that's, that's a lot of behind the scenes, right. having a platform like HoneyBook to streamline some of that process mm-hmm. so that then I can be spending for me, it's venue visits, being able to take that phone call when a client answers and says, I have a quick question. Right. I can do that because I'm not weighed down by all this process. Right. I agree. And that's where those questionnaires, not to come back to those, but um, those questionnaires really do help us. Right. Because we created those based off answers that we needed in the past and didn't have. Exactly. And now we need to know those things. And we want to make sure that it helps the day of. Right. Because even imagine like, I think there's like 40 something questions on my questionnaire and it seems overwhelming. They're usually pretty quick answers that you'll know off the top of your head. Right. Um, but imagine if I had to send you four to two emails to get those questions, like it would just take a ridiculous amount of time for both me and the client. So I Mm -hmm. think that using HoneyBook has allowed to allowed my clients and myself more time to like be present on what we're supposed to be doing and actually like the wedding planning and like photography instead of going back and forth for two hours about like what's this bridesmaid's name right you know, what's your mom's name you're wasting a lot of time exactly exactly and then I think that the questionnaires also give you give the client time to answer it on their own time like they don't have to budget right a couple hours to answer a lot of all of these questions they can answer it like when they're laying in bed watching a movie like they can answer it at the like their own convenience and I think for for planners, I'll just say this is my personal experience for this. But um, if you have a situation, for example, full service, mm-hmm. where I would be filling out the questionnaire, do not skip over those personal details. What I'm saying is I have a, a client coming up with a photographer. They sent me the questionnaire. There's a lot of things I can answer, right? I can answer location and timeline, blah, blah, blah. There is some things that I can't answer. I take those uh, questions. I send those back to the client. Say, hey, I filled out everything in this questionnaire, but I need these answers from you. Mm-hmm. People that are most important on your wedding day to capture, whether that's a grandmother or you know, there's certain things I can't answer those for right. you. So, one, if you are in full service planning, you know, make sure that you fill out those details, but make sure you're also incorporating a couple in for those questions right. that might be personal. To right. Them. 
I even have a question on mine that's, is there any like uncomfy family mm-hmm. circumstances that I should know of? Because I remember one of the first weddings I second shot for someone else, mm-hmm. she was doing the family photos and the parents are divorced or like in the middle of getting a divorce. And I don't think that she knew that. And she was putting them in for photos together. And then the dad had come up to me and be like, and was like, do you know that like we're in the middle of getting a divorce right now? Uh, and it was like, ooh, that was like a little sticky. So I think just being aware of those circumstances is really helpful for everyone, just in case yeah. of doing family photos, doing a lot of other things throughout the day. And just for us understanding the tensions that right there. And, and just, you know, remembering that we all have families. Yeah, we get it. Okay, yes, you're not going to totally get it. Us. Yeah, we've seen it all. I say it all. There's always something new, but right. um, you know, family dynamics are tough, and mm-hmm. so um, we're not asking because we want to get into all your business. But it is important for us to to understand the wedding, day. right? Uh, make sure everybody's comfortable. exactly, you know, because you want you want those two people to enjoy the family process. Exactly, too. exactly. So that's huge. I recently have used a text platform. We're launching this today, actually. Um, I'm finding that I have more and more clients that want to text me. Um, I do think it's okay. I think there's a time and a place for it. I would always say, you know, be conscious of um, your vendors that there is a lot of moving pieces, right, mm-hmm. in our businesses. And uh, it's not always the easiest to keep track of a text and a DM and a inquiry. And like, there's a yeah. So we have purchased platforms like HoneyBook to streamline, to keep track of all communication. Right. Um, I launched this te- text platform because I do want to meet my clients halfway, right? I understand that sometimes texting is the best option. Um, I always say for little things, texting is okay. Big items, we should probably get over email. Right. Um, and sometimes I'll redirect my clients mm-hmm. over to an email. Totally okay that you texted, but hey, let's talk about this over here. Right. I think that's helpful. Um, this text platform will kind of allow me to also make a little uh, separation between business and personal. Right. Um, and, you know, especially for vendors, I think it's important that we do that. I always say like, many vendors are people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but we are. And right. I think it's good for us to have a balance um, and for our clients to know we love what we do. Mm-hmm. In order for us to be on, dedicated to your day, I think it's important for you to realize too that we need to create that balance. Right. Um, we have to have times of rest. Right. We have to have times where we can just disconnect. Right. Um, and I think along the same vein of like how you're talking about with your phone, like I feel like I struggle with that too, of being like, I want to be accessible to my clients if they have a quick question to text me. I do think it's one of those things where like, I don't know about you, but I will see something and I'm like, I'm doing something with my boyfriend or I'm doing something with my family. Like I see your text, but I'm not in the headspace to answer it right now. Right. So then you maybe leave it. And then you get like all these texts from like your personal people. And that text just gets further down on the list. Yeah. And then I feel like it almost gets more lost than an email would. Like if there's an email, I will check that off my list when I get there versus my text. I'm like, I probably have like 50 unread texts right now. Like I feel like my personal life really goes to the wayside, especially with my text messages. So sometimes texting is almost would take longer than it would be for me to email back. Right. And I think if you're not getting a response from us, make sure you're following our process. Um, I experienced this and kind of why I've launched a new text platform. It was my birthday. A week. I don't know. A week, two weeks. I don't even know. But I had like, you know how it is on your birthday. You get 40 birthday text right. messages. 
there was like two text messages from clients. I'm like scrolling back through, trying right. to figure out right. where those went. It's like, we got to have a little bit of separation. Right. So now this new text platform will allow clients to text. And if they call, it'll still come to myself. The texts aren't going to come to my phone. They'll come to right. my computer. Right. And that'll be really nice uh, right. to manage there. So those are some things. Is there any other platforms that you like? I mean, I know that you know, HoneyBook's the main. Is there anything else really that you like to use? Maybe for social media or... Um, I mean, like I, I have a lot of like photographer specific platforms that I use, but none that I really, I mean, I tried using like the planning apps for Instagram, but I feel like I really just struggle with keeping up with that. It is tough. Um, And the crops. I mean, it's just, yeah, for a photographer, I think it's really hard because I really, especially with like photo quality is such a big deal for us. So Mm -hmm. I think like being able to look at it before you post it, post it and and be able to like check it immediately because Instagram has its own faults where like I'll schedule something and then I'll post the same photo 10 times instead of posting all the photos that I have planned on there. Mm. So I think that I've struggled with getting into those, but I want, I have the um, drive to want to do it, but I just never get into it enough to use it regularly. (laughs) So Sean, tell this one's back, throwing it back to the clients for a second. Uh, just a, a quick little reminder about why it's super important to not add filters, to not do weird crops. I mean, this is your craft. This right. is your, this is just, you know, your piece of art. Right. So why is that important? Why? Because I think sometimes like, who's the matter? You know, just give us a 10 second of like why it's important to you. To- I, I think it's just like I said, it is like a piece of art that we spend a lot of time like crafting our presets crafting our how we crop things like all these different things like all of that stuff is very intentional so I think sometimes it feels like our style is just being thrown out the window right and our hard work is being thrown out the window when there are some photos that have some filters on them on Instagram I think that I have gotten used to just seeing it so much but I have started implementing like reminders to my clients about like this reminder you're not to crop to filter any of those photos um and that's in our contracts as well just to like protect ourselves in our art um but yeah that's I guess 10 seconds I think it goes back to something you said before which is really important for us all to uh, remember is just that one obviously this is your craft like you said um but two if you're choosing your photographer you're choosing them for their style. You are right. using them for do your research. Like I always say there's a client that's for me and a client that is not for me. Mm-hmm. Right. We all, that's why the market is saturated because there is enough clients to go around. So right. many people aren't going to like our style of planning. Of right. Um, other people are going to be the perfect fit for Right. Do your research, make sure that you have the right fit for you. Um, I think that that's great. Shauna, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? I mean, I know we covered a ton of stuff. I know we did cover a ton of stuff. Super helpful. Hopefully all vendors and clients um, got a lot of value from this. If people want to get in touch with you, they're ready to book. (laughs) Um, What's your Instagram? What's your website? My Instagram is just my business name, so it's SLZ Photography. Okay. Um, my website is www.slzphotography.com. Okay. Um, you can email me at shauna.zarowski at gmail.com, which is a mouthful, so I would just go to my go website. To- <laughs> 
<laughs> go to the website or Instagram. Yeah. That'll get you there. Um, you are booking up for 2024. Yeah. So like she said, a year out is probably pushing it. So if you're looking for 2024 or even 2025, start those um, inquiries now. Thanks so much for coming out. I'd love to see you. you. We'll have to do this again. I know. All right. Now we're going to go eat snacks. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>